Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns. Welcome to the Cow Corner Extra Show with me, the Dolly Dropper, James Hurl, Ian Slat Slater, Ian Alderson, and Ollie Griffiths for your latest dose of all things lower league Shropshire cricket. And welcome back to another episode of the Cow Corner Extra Show, episode six. I'm James Hurl, and once again, I'm joined by my good friends, Ian Slat Slater, Ian Alderson, and joining us live all the way from Turkey, looking very brown, very jealous, in front of a pool. Ah, oh, you lucky bastard. Ollie Griffiths, how are we, Ollie? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? How is everyone? Back in England. <sighs> yeah. Good night cold it's been wet today as well it started to actually feel like winter i don't know whether it's like psychologically because the cricket season's finished i'm like right summer's done now get myself prepared <laughs> for dark afternoons and cold it's any, and con- it's any consolation it, it does go dark about eight o'clock here <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but what's the top what's the temperature all it is 22 currently oh. and and we are 10 o'clock at night yeah. Okay. So it's, it's about it's a, eleven here. <laughs> we're half half the temperature. Actually, my wife came over for the first time and I went. I think we need to put the heating on. Like, oh no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I've crossed over from baseball caps to the, the woolly to the woolly to the woolly hats. That's the that's the official. You know, ground dog day where it's punks. Tony Phil comes out of the uh, <laughs> <laughs> comes out of the hole and tells you what's happening. It's what's on the top of my head. For me, um, it's when I for me it's when I stop wearing shorts when I'm back in <laughs> when I'm back in the UK. Obviously, I would try and make the end of October. But so, we've got we've got all the fun of indoor season to look forward to, eh, Slats? Uh, well, as as we speak, I'm not sure. Have we have we seen any fixtures yet or anything? Uh, I'm waiting for them to come through the post. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I am aware that, it's, that it will be going ahead. So that's that's yeah, good. It's good. Always looking for more teams if anyone is interested and. Um, Nice to not have to worry about picking a team, Ian. Uh, well, it is, but after 
I, I always at the end of the season get a little bit fed up by the end, but it, I only have to have a week off and already I'm thinking, Christ, it's a long time till April. You know, <laughs> yeah, I am missing it already, you know, and, uh, and like two weeks ago, I'd have given everything up and thought, oh, sod it. That's the end of that. Now, <laughs> Now it's like, oh God, it's months till April, so, <laughs> and I'm very disappointed that the budget only only stretched far enough to send Ollie away on holiday. You know, <laughs> what, what is the matter with his sponsorship deal you've got? You that beard money, you know, let's all go on holiday. I know. I'm going to have to do another cow corner nets to raise some more funds. <laughs> did, did the Birmingham Bears not pay for your holiday? No. <laughs> oh, I wish they paid for mine. <laughs> I'd, I'd settle for the bar bill. <laughs> they knew I brought Andy with me. That was the problem. That's why we wouldn't oh. get the Ant Barber. But, uh... <laughs> but yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Ian. I was, we have like a, a captain's WhatsApp group for Alberbury where we all chat and discuss and things. And we were there like two, three weeks to go going, oh, only two or two or three more teams to pick. And then like, yeah, kind of. Sunday morning afterwards, I was like, oh, I don't have to pick a team this week. And then I was like, oh, I don't have a team to pick this week. I don't have to play cricket. It's kind of a bit like, what, yeah, what do normal people do on a weekend? What do you do on a Saturday? You know, what's, you know, I won't, I won't have to text people and harass them and ask them what they're doing and all sorts. <laughs> well, Strictly, obviously, is the answer to all, all of your woes there. Um <laughs> I don't know. Like us, we 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 put the ground to bed this this weekend. Just gone. Uh, so first weekend after the season, that's all done now. Everything's done and dusted. But yeah, it does feel like a bit of an empty void now, doesn't it? Mm. Um, but you say indoor fills that gap a little bit. Yeah. So really looking forward to tonight's episode or today's episode, depending on when you're when you're listening to this. We're going to be going through everything that's happened this season, looking at the tables, looking at how it's all finished, any surprises, talking about, as always, the main players in that final end and how things ended. But the main topic that's on everyone's lips at the moment is obviously Whitchurch not going up and the effect and impact that will have on the leagues moving downwards. And what better than having some committee members to uh, help uh, talk this through, who have absolutely no inside knowledge whatsoever. And even if they did, I think they'd tell some lies anyway. So um, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting episode. And um, so, yeah, let's get on with it. Okay, so before we start with our first division and our recap and going through all the divisions. Ian? I would like to know, I know the main question tonight is who's going up and who's going down. When will we actually know, when is the league meeting that will decide that and when will we know? Will I take that one? Um, in terms of there's a committee meeting next week, uh, which is the scheduled committee meeting for the league committee uh, immediately post the season but obviously the structure committee won't sit in my understanding and I could be wrong but my understanding until obviously the deadline has passed for clubs submitting how many teams they're putting into the competition league the league next year so until they've got that and there might be applications from new clubs to come into the into the uh, league um as there was with Chirk a couple of years a couple of three years ago um, so they, they then have to sit down and work out where they're going to place any new clubs, but also if any clubs have pulled out of the league. 
So to, to try and balance the division. So that will have an impact. And obviously, Whitchurch not progressing um, through to the Birmingham League will also have an impact. You know, the league always strive to, uh, the, the, the sort of plan is two up, two down. That's, that's always the plan at the start of the season. But obviously, there's a lot of external factors that Nick Broadbent and his team have to weigh up, put together and understand. You know, so yeah, at the moment, on the premise of it, if you'd said, right, there's no clubs dropping out of the league, there's no new clubs coming into the league, you'd look at it now with Wem coming down from the Birmingham League, Whitchurch have not gone up, then realistically, you'd look at it and say, well, it could be two up, three down. That's where my head would be as a logical scenario, but it might be two down, one up. Who knows? Um, but, you know, for me, I, I would think if you'd finish runners up in a division, you'd be pretty upset not to get promoted. Whereas if you finish in the bottom three, then you kind of take it on the chin that you're going to get relegated if that's the situation. I, yeah, I, Ollie, go, go for on. it. Well, um, just to clarify on. Slats, who said next week that, that could be any, any time in the next two months if, if uh, <laughs> Hurley doesn't get this uh, edited quickly like the last one. <laughs> Sorry, so, October, the, so, October, October the third. I know. This this could, this could, this could come out in mid-November. Um, yeah. So. so, but what I was going to say was, um, we I are recording that, on September the twenty-sixth, just to yeah. date stamp it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think the the structure subcommittee will look at it and go, but division by division, you know, and look at the top, the bottom three in the the higher division and the top two in the in the lower division. If there's if there's been an absolute runaway winner in the in the lower division, and then there's three or four teams that are a few points apart, I think they might look at only promoting one. Um, if the bottom three in a division are miles away from the rest. Um, they might look at, at relegating all three, but I think it's going to be a division by division stance. I don't think they can put a it's three down, one up, or sorry, three down, two up, or two down, one up sort of scenario on on any of them. Really, I think yeah. it's I think they've got to look division by division. Yeah, I agree. It's all it's all purely speculation at this point, isn't it? By all of us, which we love to do, we love to speculate and say well, it'll be this, it'll be that. The premise has always been, the idea has always been, it should be two up, two down in an ideal world with no external factors, but we know that's never the case. Um, yeah. But I think it does say in the, in, in the league rules somewhere that, that it's the, ultimately it's the league's decision. Yeah, as to, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we have a structure committee um, yeah. to make those tough decisions. And, you know, they do a great job every year. It's yeah. It's there's, it's, there's been there's been years where the bottom two haven't gone down, only been one gone down. So, yeah. you know, it's just just finishing the bottom two hasn't always in the past meant. I think it will this year. It hasn't always meant that you're going to get relegated. Um, just I, like finishing yeah. the top two, the same really. I think again. I think it's a hard. I think what for my personal opinion, I think that they'll probably Prem and Div One will come out beforehand obviously yes. as the as is the process and then two three four five six and whatever i think it's a harder sell well also street finished third bottom in the shropshire prem and not that i think it may be a hard it may take a lot of balls to double relegate them when i say double relegate them i mean they got relegated last season relegating this season um how many points adrift did they finish any ideas so they finished 
15 points adrift of St. George's, but then St. George's and finished 85 points adrift of Shelton, who are in eighth. So Oswestry finished 15 points ahead of Allscott, who were second bottom, and Allscott were 50 points ahead of Schiffnell, who finished on 113 um, in the Prem. Now, obviously... I think it's a harder sell to relegate Oswestry, and I think that they'd probably like to keep Oswestry in the Prem. Not saying that, you know, who a team is will have an impact on the structured committee, but, you know, you've got to think these people are making decisions. Oswestry are a big club. I also think if you're saying two up, two down, it's a lot easier to sell the fact that one one team doesn't go up rather than saying, rather really? than dragging in someone who really? think that they would have been safe. Okay, so hang on. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I slightly disagree on that. Well, no, majorly disagree on that, James. Um, if you, we hand out a trophy to the runners-up in the division, so they get a trophy but don't get promoted. Yeah, I, I just, I just think it's, I just think it's an easier sell. I just think it's an easier sell. Ooh, no, I think it's an easier sell to say you finish in the bottom three, and actually, do you know what? The reason you're in the bottom three is because you had a twenty-point penalty because you didn't turn up to the captain's meeting in Oswestry's. Uh, situation as far as I'm aware they got a penalty at the early doors and it's it's an easier sell if you finish in the bottom three than it is to sell somebody you finish you finish runners up take Harcourt for an example in division seven by one point they finish runners up to Welshpool mm. streets ahead of the rest of the division 370 odd points they got between them mm. or, or each of them but you don't get you don't get promoted. No, I think I think what I'm saying is in in regards to the higher divisions. So Prem yeah. Div One, Div Two. I think as we've seen in previous years and last year, they're a bit more creative with Division Five downwards, with four going up in some leagues, half the division going down in others, one team going down in one league, three going up, and and so forth. I think there are because I think there's a bigger gap. I think there's a bigger gap between the top of Division 1 and the bottom of the Prem than there is between the middle of Division 4 and the middle of Division 6, for example. Yeah, I think, as as Ollie said, I think, you know, and I think he's absolutely right in terms of the way the structure committee approach it is, do you know what, we'll look at it on a division-by-division basis. Um and they look at the merits of these things. But ultimately, we play in a pyramid system. The whole point of, you know, making decisions on that is to make the leagues as balanced as possible so that mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't have runaway winners in a division and you also don't have runaway relega- relegatees, shall we say, where people are absolutely, you know, and by and large, that's happened in most of the divisions. Okay, there's been some, some, some issues... Acton Reynolds are a prime example of that. They've had issues as a club, mm. which have which have you know in terms of availability, that has put them in the situation they're in, where they're forty nine points at the um, end of the season, hundred points adrift of second bottom, but that's mm. purely because of the situation they're in. It's not because they're not you know able to compete in that division when they've got eleven players on the park. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's. I think, I think, you know, the structure committee did a reasonably good job in the last few years because there's a lot of tight divisions there, tight at the top, tight at the bottom, which is what you want. Mm. I think 
if you start promoting or relegating more teams than were initially stated in the higher divisions, then it does become a case of where do you where do you stop kind of thing with so many teams being in close proximity. You could so f- I know this is this is this is a complete <laughs> we're the lower league podcast and we're spending the first part talking about the high league, but I think because but it's because I think it it will have a knock on effect going down because then you look at you look at division two, you've got Lillishaw, Roxeter and Ellesmere, who both finished on an absolute rock of points. So then you could go, well, why don't we just promote three and relegate four? You know, it's that's that's kind of where <coughs> it could go with that if you start. Yeah, I, I think the, I think the adding, difficulty adding to the number rather than whereas if you subtract one, it's a bit easy just to say, well, obviously, you know, one because that team is there. There's there's not as enough as many places, and we're just going to relegate the two because at the start of the season we said we'd probably relegate two. You know, as ever, all will be revealed <laughs> once, <laughs> once once the structure committee has sat and, and and made that decision. Yeah, Ian, welcome back. Uh, temporarily off. Uh, what are your thoughts on who goes up, who goes down? I know what his thoughts are. The the, the, the Wi Fi is worse in South Shropshire than it is in Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was the, the phone battery died. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, well, uh, firstly, while we're talking about the higher leagues, um, I think Ludlow were pretty hard done by having won the Premiership and, you know, been top most of the season, not having the opportunity in the playoffs to uh, to go into the Birmingham League. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, I'm, it's out of my hands. I, you know, we, when, when you're in Division 6, you have to put up with, you know, fitting in with everybody else. And, uh, you know, I'll just wait patiently and see what they come up with. They were very good this year. You know, the divisions, there haven't been too many runaway teams you know, I think they've done a very good stru- job structurally this uh, for this season. And, um, you know, hopefully the same will be next year. Yeah, I think in an ideal world, when would have stayed up, which church would have got? But I totally agree what you say about Ludlow. I think they were very, very hard done by. I think it's a ridiculous rule by the Birmingham League, by the way. Nothing to do with the Shropshire League. The Shropshire League were saying, no, our winners should go into the playoffs. Mm. Um, I, I think it's something to do with the ECB in general, um, in regards to their Premier. I think Star, well, Starport had the same issue, didn't they? In the Worcester yeah. League, they they, yeah. they ran away with that and then couldn't go into the playoffs. So, anyway, both teams, uh, who, both teams who went up from the Birmingham League were the two sides who who won their respective leagues. It was tight though in the end. But again, this is another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> talking about another one of our podcasts and people will be like i've come to come to i've come to this podcast because i want to listen about lower league if i wanted to listen to birmingham league and higher leagues i'd tune into those james so Fair point. Ollie, anything you'd like to add before we move on to our first division nope fantastic <laughs> right then okay so i think the way that it is because of everything we've been talking about it's going to go chronologically tonight so we'll start with division four so the title winners Back to back, column first 11, 422 points. In second place, 28 points behind them, Brosley first 11. In third place, 60 points behind them, Condover first 11, 30 points behind them in fourth, Frankton second 11, two points behind them in fifth, Wheaton Aston with 304 points. 
in sixth place with 263 points. Bridge North, third, 11. In seventh, Gillsfield. Eighth, Hodnett and Peplow. In ninth place, Bishop's Castle. In tenth place with 224 points, Calverhall, first, 11. Then 75 points behind them in 11th, Kai Glass. And then in 12th, 100 points behind them, Acton Reynolds, first 11. Now, first of all, before I say anything, I just want to say about this division how glad I am to see that Acton Reynolds, despite finishing on 49 points, have actually managed to finish the season. Yeah, here, here. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Because yeah. at, at one point it was looking very precarious, wasn't it? But they've, I think they've managed to get some lone players in and yeah, good for them. Good for yeah, them. Yeah, and, and I think um, big credit, must, big credit, it must go to Sentinel um, as well because I think they had a lot of lone players from Sentinel coming across and helping them out on a weekly basis. So, you know, well done to Sentinel for being one of those bigger clubs that's not afraid to um, loan out some junior players to, to another smaller club locally. Yeah, um, and, and equally, equally um, to the league for having that loan rule because without a doubt, without that loan rule, Acton Renan would have folded and they would not, they would not have finished the season. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Yeah, I know. I know. As a, as a captain who had his own troubles getting eleven out every week this season, that um, there were often occasions where I had people from so-called bigger clubs who. Um, offered to play and then all of a sudden found themselves uh, in their, in the team of the biggest club <laughs> <laughs> soon after offering after we'd uh, said that uh, they would like to play for us for a game. All of a sudden they were in the 11 for their side. Um, someone had miraculously dropped out an hour later. So yeah, big shout out to Sentinel for that. That's uh, that's really good and helping the Shropshire cricket family. Um, so Ollie, obviously, as everyone knows, who listens to this podcast, you play in this league. Uh, general thoughts on the finish? Is it a true reflection on how you saw the season play out? Um, pretty much. I mean, Brosley and Column were the uh, two strongest teams in the division. Column, just fantastic team, really. Um, great team spirit. You know, a lot of the, the, the by their own admission, a lot of the lads are there to to enjoy a pint after the game with their mates and play a bit of cricket beforehand. Um, but they've made a few very uh, astute signings this year, um, bolstered bolstered their club as a whole, and you know they've done really really well. And they won, I think they won Division Five last year, and yeah. they've certainly um, gone on and done really well and uh, and won this division. Lower down, I would say there's. There's, there wasn't much in it. Availability was was a factor right across the league. Uh, yeah. and everyone we spoke to was, was struggling from week to week. I know yeah. Calver Hall as a club, we were unable to put the same team out or even close to the same team two weeks on the trot. Um, and that ultimately you know, meant that we, we finished third bottom. Uh, we went into the last... We, well, we, we went in... I had a good run last, last towards the end of the season. We played column three games out from the end and gave them gave them a good match actually um by their own admission i think we you know they they scored 230 or 226 or something like that and we we scored 175 with 10 men and two guys who'd never played cricket before um in that team so um gave them a game and then we beat hodnet away the following week again with a slightly under under strength team and then we went to gillsfield last game of the season and 
it was a fantastic game. Um, and uh, we scored two, four, nine. Martin Williams scored his maiden um, ton, 146, not out. Carried his back from first ball to last ball. Um, and they knocked him off a very good 100 from Duncan Todd. For them, he'd, he'd taken three wickets early in the game and and had, and had done a bit of damage early in the game, but then came out and scored 100. And I believe it was his first 100 for the, for the club. So... You know, nice little club going in the right direction. So, yeah, really good. Uh, but like I said, for the rest of the division, you know, the bottom two were adrift to quite an extent, um, but the rest of the division was, was pretty close. It was very close in the middle, but, you know, it's a fantastic division, very competitive. There's always a couple of teams, top and bottom, that are a bit of a drift, but that sort of third to tenth has always been very close. And, mm. um, you know, we, we'll be very sad to... To, if we do go down as as part of the three down, but you know if we go down, we go down and and we play a cricket in in Division Five. But mm. uh, obviously we would like to stay in Division Four. But you know. so we'll look we at don't. we'll look at the we'll look at the top of the division and um, the bottom of Division Three. I'll just say we've got Harpers at the very bottom in twelfth place, and they are on two hundred and three points. And then 12 points ahead of them was Schiffnell third 11. So not a great year for the Schiffnell sides, unfortunately. And then ahead of them, 14 points above them were Newport second 11, who were then uh, 16 points behind Maidley second 11, who were then 20 odd points behind Oldsley So it's quite tight in that division. But again, it's if you're looking at potentially relegating three I guess there is potentially a case that you could say there is that there is that slight gap between Maidley and Newport and Schiffnell and Schiffnell and Newport aren't too far away from each other and if you look at division four like you said you've got Brosley 394 points 60 points ahead of third and then Colm who are obviously going to go up who are quite strong for that division do you think that they'll send two up? Brosley have definitely got some players that should be playing or have and certainly have played at a much higher standard. I mean, you could, you could actually say the same about Colum now. Um, the day we played them, they had both Simmons brothers playing for them. Yeah, they've, they've they, I mean, Colum have recruited really, really well. They've got, you know, strength has come down because their seconds were much stronger in in Division 6 as the last as, as the season went on because they benefited from the fact that they've recruited into the first. As you said, both Ian and Bryn, uh, coming in and playing playing their cricket there, but I mean they were strong. They were a strong enough side anyway. But, I mean played against them last year in Division Five. You know, um, Milan is it Milan or Milan 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 Dan Sangani. Oh wow! You know when he's on song and he hits the ball, he hits the ball cleanly. But even when he you know he doesn't hit it cleanly, it tends to go for four or six as well. You know he's got a good eye. And they've know. even had you know Mark Ferguson at the top of the orders scored a lot of runs in the last last part of the season. Uh, he's not very good at running, I might add. He's he, the day we <laughs> the day we played them, he ran out two of his colleagues and um, and himself. So, so is that uh, is that running or calling? <laughs> <laughs> bit of both, bit of both. And they were. <laughs> it wasn't by the sounds of it. It wasn't a new uh, new problem. So right, Mark, <laughs> don't don't have the partners not on the same wavelength as you. Mark. I, I know exactly the feeling. So <laughs> do not worry. I tell you what, as well. <laughs> William Stanford Davis, mm. he is going to be a superstar cricketer, mate. I tell you, he's got a lot of ability and talent. I mean, uh, top scorer, didn't he? I think in the division with 181. Mm. 
he, he's he's when he's when he's on it, he's he's very very good. Played against him a couple of times, and he got runs against us easily. Don't think we played. I don't I think he missed both our games. He definitely missed the second one, but I don't think he played. If he did, he didn't get any runs that day. But um, yeah, no, I've I've heard big things about him. Very good batsman. So I'll quickly. How many teams do you think will go up from Division Four? My thought would be that they will probably promote both. Colm and Brosley. Fair enough. I think Colm are going to be very strong next year if they can keep that team together with Ian and Bryn. Ed Riley is another fantastic player who bats beautifully. He's he started playing for him a bit. You know, um, they're almost like the Corvedale first eleven of a few years ago. <laughs> you know, I was just I, going to say that. You know, I was. I was uh, we're we're their feeder club. <laughs> yeah, you are. That's that's um, the that's the massive that's the massive effect, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and 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 but you've got the core of a team with the with the team that they had before. They are going to be very strong in Division Three next year, and I wouldn't back against them winning three leagues on the bounce mm. if they can keep everybody they've got now together. Well, yeah, you no, know, I wouldn't. I, effect, I wouldn't be surprised either at... because Trisel Trisel have done exactly that. They went up. Um, last year in second, and they've gone on. I think they've won Division Three. Yes, yeah, yeah so, they did. Yeah, so, so I completely it's agree with you. Winning, Ian. winning's infectious, especially with the with these divisions, and you see a lot of teams win and win and go up and go up and go up and go up. Yeah, of course it is. But I think the thing about Column is, yes, they've got some very talented cricketers there. But as you said earlier on, Ollie. Mm-hmm. They're a good bunch of lads. Mm. They, they're playing cricket with their mates. There's a really good spirit about them. You know, the likes of Darren Everson, for example. You know, he's 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 a good guy, and and they all they all get on, which is great. You see them doing their fines and what have you afterwards. Yeah, they're a good bunch of lads. I think they'll be, they'll be all right in Division Three, easy. Right. So here we go on to our top run scorers in the division. So leading the run scoring was Kelvin Rogerson of Brosley with eight hundred eighty four runs at an average of fifty two with a high score of one hundred fifty five. Uh, in second place, friend of the podcast Charlie Rogers uh, with seven hundred fifty four runs, an average of eighty three point seven with a high score of 102 19 innings 10 not outs yeah I saw that saw that a lot of not outs yeah <laughs> um, in third place from relegated bottom side Acton Reynolds Ian Fox with 720 runs an average of 51 with a high score of 124 in fourth place uh, you know like we were talking about players who could play at a higher level and probably should Kean Jones 709 runs High score of 108 with an average of 59. Um, in fifth place, Nick Hudson of Brosley, 698 runs. In sixth place, Nathan Whittingham of Wheaton Aston with 617. In seventh, Richard Ely with a 607 of Bridge North. In eighth place, Gavin Jones, 593 of Brosley. In ninth, from Column, Milan Dansingani, 591. And in tenth, Tom Mulder with 567 from the spooky lad. Castle. Hundreds. So in hundreds, we've got Kelvin Rogerson with two, Ian Fox, Kian Jones, William Stanford Davis, and Adam Millichip all with two. With one, we've got Charlie Rogers, Nick Hudson, Nathan Whittingham, Millen Dancingani, Jordan Barker, Guy Black, Mark Ferguson, Alfie Oaks, Dave Powell, 
Harry Fiaz, Martin Williams, Jason Brooks, Dave Williams, Jonathan Price, David Everson, Duncan Todd, Ruchira Bandaraj, Mohamed Fiaz, Andrew Mottram, Chris Scott, and Andy Green. So well done to all of you guys on getting tons this year in Division 4 with the ball leading the way. Always Abdul with 44 wickets at an average of 13.14, a best of 6 for 21, three five-wicket hauls. In second place, Charlie Rogers. He does it all. Uh, 39 wickets, an average of 10.87. No five-wicket hauls in that one, though. In third place, Sam Minter with 35 from Column. In fourth place, Brosley with 30. In fourth place, Dan Handley from Brosley with 34. In joint fifth, Gavin Jones and Alfie Oaks, both of Brosley with 29, along with Wheaton Aston's Ben Marzen. And in eighth place, Tim Cotton with 27. Tom Mulder, another player, finding themselves in the top 10 of another one with 25. And also Harry Fiaz with 24, finishing off the top 10. And another player who is in both in this division, players who have got five wicket hauls. We've got three for Owe's Abdul, two for Gavin Jones, two for Joe Marzin, two for Edgar Watley, two for Benjamin Jones, and then one for the following. Alfie Oaks, Ben Marzin, Tim Cotton, Jack Orbell, John Yardley, George Austin, Martin Williams, Caitlin Perry, Alan Williams, Nathan Whittingham, George Dickin, Richard Parry-Jones, Dave Williams, Jack Kelly, Troy Newton, Ash Bowler, and Tom Dermody. So, guys, who jumps out of you at as the player of Division Four this season? It's that rubbish cricketer. He's rubbish, isn't he? Charlie Rogers. He's, he's, he's just awful. In <laughs> love for saying that. Now, Charlie's Charlie's uh, performing exceptionally, isn't he? With bat and ball, mm. uh, he's turned into a, 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 you know an exceptional cricketer. Um, does he need to move and have a look at? Uh, he's never believed Condover, I don't think. He's, he's uh, Condover through. I think he's. I think he's. I think. I think his dad would kill him. But um, I, you know, I think. I don't know. He's, he's that good. He's getting that many runs. He's getting that many wickets. All the breeze only up the road, Charlie. Uh, Holly, <laughs> um, the, thing, the thing was though with with Charlie, they only finished third. Condover, you know, he could get them up another division next year. He you know. Could. It, you know, he could be playing at higher uh, division with his yeah. own. Um, with his well, own he's doing a, he's doing a lot of coaching as well with the with the juniors at Condover as well. So he's putting back into the local community, and he's oh, obviously he's... training up the next Charlie Rogerses. Um, he's an all round. He's an all round good lad. To be fair, he is. He's, he's, he's very a, he's, very he's a nice belt, bloke. He's a belt. Just the ground as well. Yeah, just the ground as well. He's yeah. Or he's involved in doing the ground. I'm not saying, not saying he does it all. I don't know. But and don't forget, Condover used to play in Division Two. Not not that long ago. He also writes the theme tune, sings the theme tune. Holly, <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's your standout player in Division Four this season? Um, I, I don't know that I can particularly pick a player. Um. You know, we, we've mentioned them all and we mention them every year. Owes Abdul, uh, Charlie Rogers, um, you know, Condover have got, you know, two or three decent players at the top of their order. Uh, Favourite player this year? I don't know. 
Um, they've all they've all been really good. Ah. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. no, I tell you what, I'm gonna. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a homer and say um, Andy Green because he played three games I think for us and scored well it might have been two and pl- and scored a ton in in uh, one of them and got a bad decision in the other so uh, Andy Green well done, he's, got Andy. A, he's got a, he's got a good average <laughs> okay so we'll move ourselves on to Division Five okay so in Division Five. Whitchurch second eleven finally fulfil their promise and win the division on four hundred points out of twenty two games, losing three games all season. In second place, Shrewsbury third eleven with three hundred thirty six, so that's sixty four points behind Whitchurch second eleven. So I think you might be safe, Ollie. Um, in third place, you've got Whitchurch, fourth 11 with 316, 20 points behind Shrewsbury. And in fourth place, you've got Much Wenlock, first 11 with 314. Fifth downwards, Iscoyden Fens Bank, 303. Glan the hipster's choice, 289 hey. points. Newtown, second 11, 10 points behind them in seventh. In eighth place, Church Stretton with 262, a good end to the season for them. In ninth place, St. George's with 252. In 10th place, All Scott Heath, second 11 with 243. In 11th place, Knockin and Kinley, second 11 with 198. And in 12th place, with 124 points. Uh, how, Don't need how, to hear that one again, do we? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Alberbury second eleven, uh, finishing bottom with 124 points. Um, they seemed to pick up towards the end of the season, though. They did. They did. When, funnily enough, when I wasn't captain in them. Um, <laughs> draw your own conclusions. <laughs> no, we no. Luckily, towards the end, uh, a few players, a few more players became available, um, and we started actually putting out a similar aside closer to what um i would have liked to have put out all season but again with players playing their like third or fourth game of the season with two games to go playing against players who've been playing for the majority of the season it's a bit of a tough ask so albury second 11 definitely going down there um and yeah i can't really complain with it we've had zero availability all this all season and we've been thoroughly outplayed in every game except two really um possibly three actually i tell a lie probably three um we beat old scott heath in an absolute fantastic game again that i wasn't a part of um and uh we beat well we got a winning draw against knocking and kinley second 11 and then narrowly lost to them in the penultimate game as well there and yeah we're the bottom three sides and all scott he's second 11 as well that's that's a team with a lot of players who've played first team cricket for them so that shows how strong this division is really top three I mean, Whitchurch, second 11, can't disagree with them. Shrewsbury, third 11, again, I I said at the after our first podcast, once the season started, the team that we played first game of the season from them, unbelievable. When you've got the players that they've got the ability to play in their third 11, you know, you'd expect them to go up. Um, Wellington, fourth 11, always hard to judge with though, them. Um, because you never quite know what team they're putting out, and also it's quite it's quite hard for me to judge because whenever we've played them this season, we've had eight, we had eight or nine, and the majority of them were our under fourteen side, 
and me and a six-year-old John O'Green. Um, so it's you no know, can't I couldn't really judge, but obviously them being up there means they've had a good season. But the main thing I would say is you look at that top top five, and they're all big. They're all big clubs and teams who have been up there. You know, much Wenlock fourth in fourth. They've got fantastic bowling lineup and some some really good opening bats as well, which really helps. I know I've said it many a time, but Oliver Piggott is one of the best bowlers in the league. And, you know, having played many different standards in the league, you know, if he was bowling at you in Division 1, you wouldn't think any different of it. I think the only difference between Division 5 and Division 1 is most Division 1 teams have three of him kind yeah. of thing. So, whereas in Division 5, you know that you kind of get, get away with it. But much Wenlock then they've got the bowler at the other end who's absolutely hooping <laughs> so they've got you know it's, there's no respite from from that opening two and it's no surprise that they bowl teams out quite cheaply Iskoid and French Bank again aside who I said at the beginning I you know when they put their first team out they bat all the way down to eight and they've got very good bowling lineup uh, again Lanny what can I say hipster's choice fans favourite um, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, the only game that we conceded this season, uh, we had six. Then all of a sudden we had nine, and then all of a sudden we had seven, and then all of a sudden we had six, and then all of a sudden we had nine again, and then finished on seven. And it was just a case that I couldn't, with myself not being in the team, I couldn't send a team all the way to Lanny and back. Uh, um, when six of them are under 14s again and one of them was someone who was playing their first game of cricket uh newtown second 11 um uh, to be again, fair it's a long started... way to, long way to be fair it's a long way to drive as a 14 year old as well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well it's their parents their parents and all sorts you know and <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be all right with a couple of points it'd be all right <laughs> <laughs> I say that you should have seen that our president say, but um, yeah, Newtown second eleven team who started well but kind of tailed off. Um, again, they've got a few good players. If their first eleven have got good availability, then it it shows with them, and that showed at the beginning of the season. Church Stretton first eleven, they've got a bulk of lads who just swing and go hard, and if they come off. <laughs> you know it goes well st george's third 11 but i mean i think i can't really disagree with the disagree with the standings i'd probably i would have said Iscoid and friends bank would have been my third strongest team there i'd have probably said and then wellington and much wenlock probably much of a muchness and probably would have maybe had old scott heath higher up maybe seventh and then yeah well, it's, I know. I it's, mean, it's, I, a t- it's a tough. It's a tough yeah. division. There's a I lot know. of sides there who they they've got first elevens that have strengthened, or their first elevens who are looking to get back to where they were and are strengthening and are putting a lot of recruitment in and a lot of stuff into their community, you know. And it's no surprise to see kind of two. Well, I mean, knocking and Albury are still big-ish clubs. We both got three or four sides but in the grand scheme of things the actual catchment area of both teams isn't as isn't as big and farming communities and all sorts and things like that it, it hits you a bit harder I, I wouldn't disagree with you either about fence bank you know i think you got it quite spot on when you said earlier in the year they were one of the better sides because they actually went into the last game of the season against shrewsbury who actually finished second and if they'd beat shrewsbury and got the right restricted them to a certain amount of bonus points and got 
um, then they actually would have finished ahead of them. So mm. it was very, very close towards the end. And you know, obviously they lost to Shrewsbury, so they, they dropped down yeah. a few places on the table. But, it, you know, it's just, just that one game can change the table massively. So looking at this table and having talked about Division 4, do we think they'll probably just promote Whitchurch from this one? Or do you think that Shrewsbury may follow them? I think, well, there's a, there's a very telling statistic here, which just tells you a lot about Shrewsbury, actually. There's only been three games conceded in the division all year. Two of those, the bottom two clubs, which you'd expect. You're not having a great time of it. You're struggling for availability. You're going to concede a game. But Shrewsbury, who finished second, conceded a game this year. So it's kind of, they are very topsy-turvy in that respect. They've either got fantastic availability and will, as you said, be a million dollars on the park, you know, and beat anybody. And then, you know, they can't get 11 out one week. Yeah, I do. I do remember seeing that we'd we'd played them the first game of the season. They had an unbelievable side there. The guy coming in at three who'd played for their twos in the Prem all season last year and was coming yeah. in at three <laughs> after they'd already scored about 300 odd. And then the week after they had none of those players and they had, they sent nine to uh, Lanny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and like, that's just our luck. <laughs> and, yeah, but that's, but that is, that issue that is third because, because, you know, they'll either have great availability in the first and seconds and therefore it's not an issue. They'll be, they'll be very strong or they don't have great availability in, in those Things you know, a lot, a lot of clubs, yeah, but Wellington Fourths don't have that issue or yeah. don't appear to. Do you think that that would have an impact on the way that the committee would think about it, Ian? I, I, I haven't got a clue what the committee thinks. Oh. Um, it switches area off at that point. <laughs> it, um, I, I just think looking at that division, you know, you've got Wichert, you have absolutely sailed away with it, but you know, when lock in fourth, they've had a couple of years where they've probably underachieved. Now, they've had a super season this year with the bat and the ball. They're only a win away from second, almost. They're only two points off third. You know, it's they've had a great season this year. And, uh, you know, I think um, their grand lads, Andy Marlowe, Dave Arnold, they're, they're super lads who've had a few years of struggling. They were struggling for players. Now, it just seems to have come off this season. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see them up there. I'm, I'm very pleased that they're uh, doing well again. They've done great. They're a little bit worried for next year because Dan Searle's off to university and also Ollie might not come back from university this year. Ooh. So they're That'd a bit worried. They're a bit, yeah, they're a bit worried in that respect. But yeah, listen, they've got a fantastic side. You know, if Dan doesn't get get all the runs, Blast, well, Blaster still got, still got Mark. <laughs> yeah, Bla, Blaster will chip in. Ed Myers gets runs. Um, you know, they bat a long way down, but then the bowling attack, as you say, you know, Dave Arnold puts it on a spot, doesn't give you anything. Um, yeah, they, they're a good, they're a good all round side. But uh, I know speaking to Andy Marlowe, they they are a little bit worried, but I think they'll be all right. Mm. Ollie, I don't know, and I wouldn't like to call it because obviously it does. Impact. Yeah. It doesn't impact us. Um, I mean, Shrewsbury actually had some looking at looking at the league. They had some penalty points as well. So I don't know whether that was more, and they've pulled some back through umpires' points or. Well, they, they, yeah, they got five penalty points for just conceding the game, wouldn't they, mate? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, well, it's only four on there. So perhaps they perhaps they had an umpire one week. <laughs> one yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, t- not taking that into account. Yeah, it probably does look like they're a long way behind 
Whitchurch, you know, Whitchurch were miles ahead and that and Shrewsbury aren't far ahead of mm. third. Um there is there were some rumours around knocking around that that Whitchurch had been told that if they got over four hundred points that they might get a double promotion. I mean they didn't get over four hundred points, they got exactly four hundred points. So <laughs> Be interesting. Uh, I mean, if they'd have gone into the Birmingham, I think if their ones would have gone into the Birmingham League, that may have that had may an have, impact. But yeah. then, you know, but then Colum scored four hundred and twenty-two or whatever it was. So, you know, I can't see that as a benchmark. No. To be honest with you, no, I can't. No, I, 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 I can't. But that was that was that was the rumor that was knocking around division. Something four, similar but... happened to Wem a few a few years ago. So, yeah. I mean, why yeah, not? I, I'll, I'll be honest. Personally, I'm not a fan of double promotions. I think teams find their level, and I think if you overpromote them quickly, they can struggle because they haven't had that time to develop for the, the next division, the next stage of competition. Mm. But that's just my personal view, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and Whitchurch are very much a team that one year, like last year, they really struggled. This yeah. year, they've this year they've been fantastic. Who's to say next year they're not going to struggle again? So, well, I think I think they've recruited a lot for their ones, haven't they? And they've put a lot of time and effort yeah. into that. And then they've obviously really noticed that they want to get their twos higher up and closer to their ones. So, making sure that they have players who are of that higher caliber who are available. You know, I've played Whitchurch sometimes, and you know you're. They're, they've never been as strong as the team we face this year. You know, it's just they're very good. But um, I, th- let's I, think, move... I think I think they fixed their travelling issues, haven't they? Yes, yes. <laughs> I did get a few messages uh, about that. Um, <laughs> so you're talking about the run scorers in the top of Division Five. So we've got Mark Brown of Much Wenlock with 974 runs, an average of 60 with a high score of 126. We've got Saeed Tanzil Urayman Navi with 966 runs of Church Stretton with a high score of 161 with an average of 64, strike rate of 157. Um, in third place, Eddie Lewis, 961 with an average of 60, a high score of 199 against Albury Second. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in fourth place, Will Denham with 839 runs, a high score of 126, average of 49. Rich Benting of Old Scott Heath Cricket Club, 702 with a high score of 100. Pretty sure that was against Albury Second Eleven. As yeah, yeah, it was, uh, with an average of 35. All the all the batsmen's high scores. Let's just take it for granted. Albury Second Eleven. Uh, in sixth place. Uh, Dan Searle, 690 runs. In seventh place, David Morris, 680 runs. In eighth place, friend of the podcast, Sam Sherwin, 659 runs. And ninth place, Duncan Wright, 632 runs. And in tenth place, from Newtown, Adam Knight. So, hundreds in the Division 5. We've got four for Mark Brown, four, four for Said Navi. Two for Eddie Lewis, Sam Sherwin and Ed Watson-Jones. One for the following. Will Denham, Rich Benting, Dan Searle, David Morris, Dylan Edwards, Ed Myers, Awi Zarif, Saeed Munir, Oliver Moore, Matthew Weir, Jake Tinney, Rob Johnson, Griff Davis, Matthew Pitchford and Stuart Massingham. With the ball, 
Leading the wicket takers, Jeff Jones of Shrewsbury, third 11 with 38 wickets, a best of three for five with an average of 10.16. Jack Giddings of Whitchurch in second with 35. Owen Jones, friend of the podcast, with 33 wickets uh, with a best of seven for 11. Um, that one not coming against Overbury second. Wasn't it? 11. Oh, shock. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an average of 17.73. Tom Wynn with 31 of Iscoid and Fence Bank and Jonathan Hunter of Iscoid and Fence Bank on 30 level with Salahuddin Madlik of Church Stretton. In seventh, Phil Snape with 28. Jack hey, Backin. one for the over 50s. Good lad. <laughs> Jack Backin uh, on 27 from Witchet. Saif Khalid and Tom Lee both with 26 in joint ninth. Five wicket hauls in Division 5. We have... Tom Wynn with three, Owen Jones with two, Jonathan Hunter with two, Asa Jang here with two, and Adrian Folks with two. All of the following with one. Jack Giddings, Jack Backin, Saif Khalid, Jonathan Davis, Evan Smout, Grant Tunnadine, Mike Grace, Aleem Iqbal, Peter Lee, Sean Mendis, Gabe Downs, Jack Windsor, Saeed Tanzel, Ulrema Navi, James Cook, Jonathan Evans, Ryan Jones, Edward Prideau, Matthew Tunnadine, Niaz Wali Almadzi, Andy Parkin, Owen Roberts of Alberbury Second Eleven, Oliver Thorpe, and William Owen. So apart from Owen Roberts, who jumps out to you is uh, players in Division 5. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, it was obviously a batsman season in Division 5 because that is, the, you know, the top four or five getting 900 runs is absolutely superb, isn't it? Mm. You know, from a, a playing perspective. So um, it'd have to be a batsman for me. Yeah, I think, to be honest with you, it's been a batsman season. I look across all the divisions, there's been some big scores out there. I mean, um, I think par for Barrow was about 220 <laughs> this year. Mm. Um yeah, I mean, you know, Blaster with 974 runs is, is you know, he's had a hell of a season. Um, 
four tons, four fifties. But then Eddie Lewis, who is a too big a fish in this pond, if we're, if we're being totally honest about it, I'll be interested to see how he goes in Division Four next year. Of that, yeah, I mean, obviously, you got to look at the, the the stats. Don't lie, do they? Blaster's played eighteen games. That's Mark Brown. If people don't know him, my name is Blaster. Uh, Nine hundred and seventy four runs. Eddie's played 17 games, 961. So, yeah, it needs to be a batsman for me. Tom Wynn, 15 games, average of 85. Yeah, and also 31 and, wickets as well. Yeah. Um, uh, he got eight for 40, which is a fantastic display. Who was that against? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, that your, wasn't, wasn't that your wedding present to him or something? That, that was his <laughs> wedding present. To Married the day before, didn't he? The next game he came up and we were like, um, we're not going to let you do it this time. We're not going to let you do it this time. Um, albeit a week aside. And yeah, he did it again. Uh, not quite not quite <laughs> as many, but yeah, just... So, so what, did you, what did you get in the second one? Was it what, six, six or seven, was it? Uh, yeah, he does this yeah, amazing so he does this amazing thing, which not a lot of spinners do down the bottom leagues. He actually turns them all. <laughs> so basically what you're saying is half, half of his 31 wickets came against Alberberry. <laughs> oh, well, we're just counting then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. All right, Tom Wynn had a fantastic season. Um and yeah, I think you know Mark Brown. I think not, he scored nine hundred and seventy-four runs. It's hard not to say that you are the player of the season in Division Five. Yeah. Um, so let's move ourselves on to the next division and Division Six. Okay, so we move ourselves into Division Six, and the champions in Division Six are Bowmere Heath, second eleven. A very good year for Bowmere Cricket Club. Uh, Bowmere finishing top with four hundred and twenty-one points having only lost four games all season all of those losses coming in the win-lose format in second place 14 points behind them beacon second 11 in third place ludlow third 11 with 323 points so a good 84 points behind Beacon. In fourth place, Lillishaw, second 11 on 318, so only five points behind Ludlow. In fifth place, Kun second 11 at 293 points. In sixth place, Willie, second 11 with 266. In seventh, Monty, second 11 with 257. In eighth, Column, second 11, 249. In ninth place, Corvdale, first 11, 223. In tenth, Coton Hall 218 in 11th place Quat 3rd 11 202 and in bottom place with 117 points cut adrift from the bottom by 85 points is Chirk 2nd 11 so guys thoughts on Division 6 and we'll start with Ian um, I, I've enjoyed playing Division 6 this year Bowmere and Beacon have been absolutely outstanding all season um, the team that surprised me are Lillishall. They are, when we play them, they're so strong, they just never go up. I, I, you know, it's, it surprises me that they're still in Division 6. You know, I can only go by when I played against Lillishall 2s, and they look like they should be in the top two, but they just never seem to quite do it. I, I don't know why that is. And at the bottom, Cherk, absolutely fantastic bunch of people. Um, they bring supporters, you know, um, we played them second game from the end of the season when they were dead and buried. They got a lot of young kids who came with them and, you know, we had a great afternoon. Um, you know, it, it's, 
they play cricket in the right spirit. They probably shouldn't have come up. That was because of Lillishall last year. Their Lillishall threes finished above them. And um, I think they, they finished fourth or fifth last season in Division 7 and got promoted. Um, they'd have probably been happier staying in Division 7, Chirk Seconds. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's it's we've had problems at Corvdale like everybody else with, with availability, especially through August. We had a terrible August. But, um, you know, we've managed to finish fourth from bottom. Yeah, sport spoke to a lot of people at Chirk and they're very much a victim of their own successes and they've brought a lot of good players through who have, who have been promoted from their second eleven and are now doing very well in the first eleven. Also, they're struggling with availability issues like many others. Slats, your thoughts on Division 6 this year? Uh, echo what Ian's just said, really. Bomer um, and Beacon were very strong. Bomer beat us comfortably twice. Um we gave them a better game in the in, in in the second half of the season at their place uh, than we did at home. But again, we struggled for availability first half of the season. Um, again, Beacon first half of the season they beat us comfortably at their place. We beat them at our place. So I think the win lose format seemed to work for us a little bit better. We had a stronger finish. Um, Ludlow. Ludlow a little bit hit and miss, a bit like Shrewsbury Thirds in Division 5. They also conceded a game this year, but finished third. Um, so quite interesting. But a lot of young lads. Um, and, you know, they were getting stronger as the season went on. Lillishall, yeah, I totally agree with Ian. Um, you know, they got the likes of Rich Barge, who's top scored for the division uh, this year. Robbie Bagshaw with the ball. You know, they've got some really good cricketers there and you'd expect them to be in the top two. But I think Bomer and Beacon were just so strong this year. That's why they haven't finished there. Mm-hmm. And then you look sort of the middle of the division and down, it's sort of there's a lot of teams who are competitive against each other, um, you know, who have beaten each other at least once this season. Um, and you, you look at the bottom end, Chirk, yeah, cut adrift. We didn't play them. They conceded against us at our place, uh, so we didn't play them there. We played them at, at their place. Um, it was nice for me because it's a new ground I've not played at, so tick that one off. Broke my ankle playing there, so that was just lovely. Um, <laughs> but we beat, we beat them comfortably, you know, and they were they they were sort of a side who was sort of struggling a little bit. Yeah, nice nice bunch of lads. Mm. Um, quite thirds again, really good really good bunch, but. Sadly, looks like they'll they'll fall foul and potentially go down as they finish in the bottom two. That was a big surprise for me. Quat finishing second bottom. But I think either the thing was though. I mean, first half of the season, Joe Cotton was playing for him. Then he was playing in the seconds. Mm. He, didn't, he didn't play second half for them because that's what happens. You know, good good players. He came and got a hundred a hundred against our firsts in in Division Three uh, for Quat second. So you know, it's just. You know that was those sort of things happen. Coton Hall, I was surprised how low they finished, really, because you know when they were on song, they again they were a million dollars, get a lot of runs, got some big hitters. We didn't play against Sean Reynolds in either game, <laughs> so um, make of that what you will. But you know it's availability, I suppose, with Sean. Um, but you know they again good bunch of lads, Alex, Dan. You know, really good fun. And yeah, if if it is three down, that would be a shame on them, to be honest with you. But, you know, that's that's not my decision. Obviously, Corvdale, we we sort of honours even at the end of the season. (laughs) (laughs) Thumped at your place, and then we thumped you at our place. So, you know, it's kind of... 
it's it's again it's i think it's an availability thing but it's been a, it's been an enjoyable division this year um you know enjoyed playing cricket in it even though i missed the last five games yeah so looking at the table it's it's one of those i think there's there's quite a trend this year like normally you get some teams who their ones have done well their twos haven't done so well or their threes have done well and and so forth and so forth but there's a lot of teams this year who across the board all of their sides have not done well and there's some common themes which i think obviously goes back to our original point of availability um do you think that that's been a big without a doubt yeah yeah i think so without a doubt i mean it's i mean i can look at willie as a club our first was struggling start of the season which meant that we struggled um you know i was going to rename the side the second 10 at one point um (laughs) because we just couldn't we just couldn't get 11 Mm. um and then as availability's come stronger in the back end of the season that willie first have finished sixth i think in Mm. division three and you know we finished sixth in division six Mm. um so I think that's affected a lot of clubs similarly. Yeah. So looking at the top of the division, you've got Bowmere Heath, 421. Absolutely blitzed the league. And Beacon, second 11, 407. Also, you know, 80-odd points ahead of third. Will you promote both of them, given that obviously the bottom two in Division 5 are cut adrift? So just to remind you, in case you forgot about what we spoke about 20 minutes ago, I know it's easy to drift off sometimes <laughs> when we're just wittering on. And that's just us. <laughs> but, yeah, I was about to say when it's just me and the new slats. But um, obviously, Albury 124 in 12th, knocking 198 in 11th, then... 50-odd points up to Old Scott next in 10th, who weren't who were only nine points behind ninth. This St. George's, you know, uh, another 30-odd points, and they'd have been comfortable mid-table. Two wins, and they're, like, near top six, you but, know. Yeah, but listen, do, if, you, if do, you, if do you relegate those? Is it a tough call to relegate Old no. Scott? And is it, given that they've got so many points and there is such a gap? Or is it harsher not to promote Beacon? And I'll ask Ollie Griffiths, as I know that he <laughs> has not voiced his opinion on this yet. Um, yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? It's a really tough one. Um, and I'm glad I'm not on the on the uh, on that. Me too, committee. mate. <laughs> um, you'd be really disappointed if you'd scored over 400 points in the season and you didn't go up for, yeah. for Beacon. Um, just looking at. Also, Beacon and Bomia, both of those two, they have been the top two teams throughout the season. Yes. Yeah. You know, they were they were the top two at the start. I know at the start, Beacon were top and Bomia were second mm. for the first third of the season, but they've they have been <laughs> the top two all the time. That's because you just looked at the table alphabetically before the start of the season, didn't you? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, look, look, I think it is a difficult one, but the table doesn't lie. If you finish third bottom, it doesn't lie. is isn't you've had a, you know, you've had 22 games. And don't forget, I don't know about the rest of you guys, we didn't lose a game to the weather this year. Mm. I get that. I get that completely. I just... I agree. I agree that I think Beacon should go up on 407. I just think also it's hard to relegate all Scott Heath second eleven, knowing that they are so close to 
every other matter, team above them, matter. and they are so far ahead, and also the side that they've got. You know, but, I think but it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't. It's matter. a hard. It's a hard no. decision. It's well, a it's, not, it's, not, it's not. They if, wouldn't be the. Go on, go on in. I, oh, the point I was going to make was that had Wem stayed up, and Whitchurch had have gone up, it would have been two up, two down, and mm. Orsford would have been relegated. You know, you can't. Beacon have been, you know, the second best team at the end of this season, got over 400 points. Mm. You can't, I don't think you can keep them in Division Six. I agree. For me, it would be a travesty. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think they've got to get promoted. I just, I'm just saying it's, I feel a bit harsh. Um, but but, but why? But why? Because the league doesn't lie. If you're finishing the bottom three, and the situation is, we all know, unfortunately, the Birmingham League affects Shropshire cricket dramatically. And if that's the case, you can't stop a team coming up because they've performed brilliantly all season. They've got 400 points. Because do you know what? Oh, the team that's in, in third bottom finished four, 14 points behind the team in, in, in fourth bottom. That's the, <laughs> that's the league table. That's the season. I just, I know. Yeah, I get it. I know. I completely get it. I just think there's finishing there. It's, it's even though they finished third bottom, it's more of a mid table. No, well, no, it's not. And that's the point. No, no, that's, that's what I'm trying no, to say. No, James, but I, James. No, I agree. I agree that no. they finished third bottom and no, no, but important point here is that Nick and his team on the structure committee have been trying to make the divisions as even as possibly can. So actually, do you know what? You're going to have a situation where the, the, the points gap is less and less for clubs getting rele- relegated because all the teams are of a, a, an equal standard, if that makes sense. Mm. That's one of the byproducts of it, unfortunately, is the gap is always going to be smaller and smaller when you to, to relegate people. But that's the point of having a pyramid system and a, you know, a, a, a promotion relegation based league system but they, there's there's a quite substantial gap between them and but that doesn't the matter too but that doesn't matter does it if you if you if you're relegating three that doesn't matter it could be a point it doesn't matter i know i'm just I, i'm just saying i would feel <laughs> i would feel hard done by if i was old scott but also at the same time i i would feel hard that i feel very 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 hard done by if i was beacon and didn't go up so haven't haven't Oscar been uh, relegated in tenth before for one of their teams <laughs> a few years ago, a couple of years ago in the yeah. In the... I mean, I mean, look, and again, this is nothing personally against Oscar. This is it's, you know whoever finished in third bottom. You can't deny Beacon getting promoted to Division Five mm. when they scored four hundred and seven points. They've won eighteen games this season out of their twenty-two. They've only lost two games all season. Mm. You can't. It's, it's very difficult to turn around and say, oh, sorry, lads, you know, you've done brilliantly. Here's your trophy, by the way, you're staying in this division. It doesn't no, sit, yeah, does, no, doesn't sit well with me, that. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I agree. I think they should go up because they've scored as many points as they have and they've done so well. All I was just saying is, if I was old Scott, again, I would be a bit meh. But anyway, moving on <laughs> to the... <laughs> Moving on to the run scorers. So we've got Richard Barge, uh, who leads the way with 964 runs with a high score of 111 not out and an average of 74 
0.15. In second place, Bryn Little, 894 runs, an average of 74.5 with a high score of 183. Not out in third place, Farrell Waters with 733 runs, an average of 48.87, high score of 130. In fourth place, Graham Tro, 647 runs with an average of 46.21 with an a high score of 117 not out in fifth place tom corfield of montgomery uh, 568 runs with a high score of 104 not out and an average of 37.87 the rest of the top 10 alex cadman of coton hall with 554 runs james boval with 551 runs of beacon shane hatton of willie second 11 with 550 in ninth sean reynolds 509 of coton hall and in 10th, Mark Ward with 490. The tons in Division 6. So we've got Bryn Little with 4, Graham Tro with 3, Sean Reynolds with 3, Farrell Waters with 2, Tom Caulfield with 2, James Bovill of 2, Rory Bunting of Ludlow with 2. The following all got 1. Richard Barge, Alex Cadman, Simon Millington, Aaron Jones, Harvey Burrell, Tayab Raza Mohammed with one, Dale Randall, Stuart Shepherd, Craig Kinsey, Simon Fletcher, Emmett McKinley, Matthew Jones, and Alex Johnson. With the ball leading the way, Emily Day with 42, with the best bowling figures of 6 for 30, with an average of 14.93. Joint top with a Best performance of six for 44 and an average of 21. David Go Lightly of Corvdale CC. He definitely didn't, definitely didn't go lightly on the batsman of Division Six. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In third place, Tom Davison with 37 wickets of Beaumere Heath. In fourth place, Dan Wilson with 30 wickets. In fifth place, Rob Bagshaw of Lillishaw with 28. Finishing off the top 10, Dan Thomas with Cotonall 27. In seventh place, Aaron Jones with 25. <laughs> and level with him, Ian Slats Slater. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Slater actually in seventh because of his average of 21 point. Oh, no, no, not uh, because of his average. Uh, we'll leave that one. Uh, in ninth place. Because of, because, no, not even alphabetically, am I? I, mean, I don't, no, know, yeah. I don't know how that's worked out. In ninth strike place. Rate, strike rate. <laughs> in ninth place, we've got John Howarth and Chris Rudd. John Howarth of Beacon and Chris Rudd of Willie, second 11, both with 24 wickets. The five wicket hauls in the division, four for David Golightly. Two for Emily Day. The rest all have one. Rob Bagshaw, Ian Slater, John Howarth, Jamie Yardley, Dave McIntosh, Emmett McKinley, Edward Reval, Steve Denton, Ben Smith, Sean Reynolds, Matt Jones, Rob Chandler, Morgan Matthews, Ben Cox, Chris Stretch, Rory Bunting, William Beards, and James Lawrence. So, guys... Who is your top player in Division 6? Who stood out this year for you guys? And we'll start with Ian. Rory Bunting from Ludlow. Um, he played against us at our place. It was the only rain-affected game we had. We had to call it off. 
didn't get a result, but he bowled brilliantly under a grey sky. Then we played him at their place at the beginning of September. He didn't bowl as well on a, on a dry pitch, but he absolutely batted beautifully and got a lovely century against us. Just timed it. The first 20 overs, he opened the batting. The first 20 overs, he was just playing very sensible, played his way in. And as soon as we came out after drinks, he just teed right off. And um, I thought he was the best player uh, all-rounder we saw this year. Slats? Uh, yeah, I mean, Rory batted against us. Um, we didn't. He didn't play against the, in the first half of the season, but in the second half, he rocked up at our place. I think he had been playing twos at that point, and he He'd fallen out with the twos because I asked him, and he got 167 not out against us uh, in their total of 222. But you know, he yeah, he, he was uh, head and shoulders apart. I mean, again with the bat, Bryn didn't get that many runs against us to be honest with you. Rich Barge got 80 odd against us at their place um, and looked good getting it. Um, Graham Trow got a ton against us. Farrell Waters got 60 odd. Um, I tell you what, the, per- the batsman who looked a million dollars until he trudged his stumps was Alex Cadman um, against us at our place. He, you know, he got eighty-three, nailed on for a ton, and must um, <laughs> just go back and step on his stumps. Unfortunately, um, yeah, I t- look, it's it's hard to look past really the likes of Bryn and the likes of, of Rich Barge, but Rory Bunting certainly he he's a good all-round cricketer, batted and bowled really well. Fantastic. Ollie, anyone who stands out for you there? I've obviously got limited knowledge of um, this division, um, but the knowledge I do have obviously centres around Coton Hall. Um, and the lad who stands out for me is Dan Thomas. Um, he's, yeah. he's, he's, you know, he's he's in, he's number six in the wicket taken, took 27 wickets. Um, most he took in a game as three. So that, you know, for me, that's consistency across the season. Um, he hasn't had one big match where he's taken loads of wickets it's you know, it's been consistent two or three one two or three every week um he's also scored 450 odd runs this year um batting a bit probably a bit further down the order sometimes i know he's open sometimes when they've been short um and he's taken eight catches as well so for me and dan is a lovely lad um got all the time in the world for dan so for me dan it's been a great year for dan and he'd be my pick for player of, of that division yeah, do you know what? I'd echo all of that. He, he is a lovely bloke and he's consistent. You know, he puts it on the spot when he's bowling. Yeah, he doesn't take as many wickets as he perhaps should. Um, yeah, I, did, I, I was only looking at the top 10, really. He didn't really look further down. But yeah, he's a good all-round cricketer. He's ex-Wem, isn't he, Dan? Yes, originally, uh, yeah. Yeah. In, in his younger days. But yeah, um, but he's, he's been at Coton for a few years now and, and really enjoys his cricket. It means a lot to him. So, and uh, and you know what he's a good lad he stayed for a couple of points afterwards um you know unfortunately i didn't go i didn't play at coton because it was just after i broke my leg so uh unfortunately i couldn't go there but um yeah good bunch of lads and yeah dan's dan's top top notch definitely and on that point we'll move ourselves on to our next division Okay, so we move on to our final saturday division in the shropshire county cricket league and division seven the victors in first place, Welshpool second 11 with 379 points. What a turnaround for them in the last few years. In second place, another team have turned it around recently. Hardcore first 11 with 378 tight, one point separating both sides. Very, very interesting end to the season. In third place with 320 
five points, 53 <laughs> points behind them, or Brighton second 11. Five points behind them in fourth place, Condover second 11 with 320. 15 points behind them in fifth, Ellesmere second 11. In sixth place, Pontsbury second 11. In seventh, Forton second 11. I told you it's getting late. In eighth place, Lidderstall third 11. In ninth place, Beacon. Third eleven in tenth place, Kai Glass second eleven in eleventh, Keyside first eleven and in twelfth, All Scott third eleven. So a tight end of the season and it's all looking tight up top and another division where we're potentially looking at two up and three potentially coming down from Division Six. <laughs> Ian, well, I, I, you can't you cannot put. Um... You cannot split them and not put Arcourt up, can you? You know, they're only a point behind them. It, it's It's been tight. Um, you know, Harcourt, they were on top for a lot of the season, weren't they? Mm. You know, Welsh will have obviously come with a bit of a run there. Um, but, uh, you know, and if you look down the division, the top two uh, are 50 points away. And then there's, you know, three or four teams, five teams that are very close again on points. Then you've got another couple of teams that are close. Then you've got the bottom three, well, the bottom two, and then Allscott are obviously uh, a long way off at the bottom. But, it, you know, it is, uh, there's there's a lot of divisions within that division, if you if you like. Yeah. And you look at you look at the end of the season in this division, and obviously Welsh Pool second 11 have won out in their final few games in the month. They beat Forton, they beat Quayside. They beat Welshpool. And then in the final game of the season, away to Condover, they got 21 points. So obviously roped in an umpire, which has made all of the difference um, and has made that one point difference to get them up the top. Whereas Harcourt in their final five games of the season finished with a victory against Ponsbury. Then they lost against Ellesmere their first game in September then went on to beat Forton and Keyside, getting 20 points in each game. Now, again, you get an umpire in one of those two games, they finish top of the table, but that's how it goes, hey? Interestingly, interestingly, Harcourt have had a, a penalty, a point penalty, but they haven't conceded a game. So at some point... They, did, they sent a sheet in late or something. They sent a sheet in late or something, <laughs> and yeah. ultimately that looks like what could have um, decided, whereas... Whereas Walshpool have actually had three on five points throughout the season, so. Um, oh, I can I can hear people on the other mm, end of this podcast going, "Oh, administration and umpires deciding a league title." Oh, well, actually, there's something else. Make your blood yeah, boil. but there's, there's something else though, James. If you, <laughs> we changed the, the, the rules were changed this year, so that instead of playing so many games, win, lose, draw, mm. then a, then a raft of win, lose, and then finishing the season on win, lose, draw. It was done half and half. Mm. So at that thing, because if you're going into as, as as level on points, the top two to see who wins the title in that last game of the season, you know you win the toss and bat first, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd have to bat first because mm. you'd want to get twenty four points rather than just twenty. Yeah, uh, that's taken away now because of win lose cricket. It doesn't matter. It's twenty points. Mm. So I like it. I like it finishing, even though it doesn't really help Alberbury out we're very good we're much better at win lose draw cricket than we are win win lose but i also i enjoy win lose cricket it's a lot more enjoyable um other thing to look at is that welsh ball throughout the season got minus three penalty points so yeah it goes three umpires yeah it goes to show you 
how much of a difference those little fine margins um what what do they call marginal gains team sky used to call it in the cycling <laughs> but and, and get just going back cycle, to... get the get the umpire cycling on the bikes at the, at the side <laughs> after the game but just going back to harcourt have obviously had a penalty for something at some mm-hmm. point for, through the season um you know the league rules are set out that we have to have our results on by sunday at 12 o'clock because you know there's there's you know we're the league has to has got commitments to sponsors and all sorts of things to get to get mm. leagues and people want to know the results as soon as possible. Yeah, we don't want it absolutely. in the old in the old days it was dragging on till Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday before you you could see who who would won what and who'd done what in games. So it's really important really that you know we all stick to the rules. Yes, yeah. okay, sometimes we've all got lives and it can be a bit difficult to get the result on. You've meant to be going out with the wife shopping or to a christening on a Sunday or something. It can be quite difficult because it's always the same people that are left to put the, to put the results on the, on play cricket. But you know, if, if you I, know, yeah, I do. I do. I did. I made the mistake myself. Third game of the season. I think it was, I was um, finished the game. We'd lost shock. Um, and I had a DJing gig that went on till about four in the morning. And um Let's just say that I kind of um, <laughs> overslept. <laughs> uh, may or may not have kind of indulged to uh, help myself forget the day that had just been previous. And, <laughs> yeah, woke I, up I, at quarter past twelve and was then was like shit, 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 got it, got it on. And the worst thing was the comment on the thing was they're going. Oh, but we put their thing on late. And even when they did, it wasn't them who put it on. I was like going, I actually put it on, guys. <laughs> but I know it was late, but cheers. But um, yeah. I did it. I did it last Never year. Never made that mistake toward, again. I did it towards the end of the season last year. My only, my, only, my only gripe last year was that there was lots of teams throughout the season that had done it late during the season and hadn't been penalised. And then the only time I'd done it was in the sort of the last three games and they were really hot on it. So I did. I did ask for that to be a bit more... I don't yeah. know if you, if you look at Locked that up. though. I mean, I, I, I don't know we look at other divisions, but you look at Division Seven. There, there's some teams that have really fall, fallen foul of it. Ellesmere seven points, Ponsbury mm. four points, Fortin six points. I do think but extending. It, but it, but it can... I do think extending it to like three o'clock would help for people who do occasionally work long nights after the cricket, like me. Because otherwise, I was just like, as soon I was literally just. Before, I did another. I did a wedding like uh, a month later, and I'm waiting to go on to DJ for this wedding. And as I'm going, as I'm there, I'm on the side entering it into play cricket <laughs> on my phone. Halfway through DJing, people are thinking I'm texting people. I'm putting in who scored what and whatever on play cricket. <laughs> Oh, and it's not not concentrating on the on the gig whatsoever. But if you do book me, um, I'm no longer captain anymore, guys. So <laughs> I'll fully concentrate on playing nothing but good music. Um, yeah, uh, hit me up at uh, calcornerpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. back onto the league. I was going to say it can it can decide it can decide things. So it's really important that we you know we do because I I. I know that Grasshoppers in the midweek league lost the league title a few years ago because of a one-point administration error. Yeah, I know. They have told me a few times, Ollie. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they've, they've told me a few times and all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, 80s, Motown. Uh, what's your favourite genre of music, Ian? Uh, post-punk. Oh, there we Enjoy go. I've, I've got a bit of that as well. So, you know, uh, cater for anyone. Anyway, back on to it. So moving on to the runs in Division 7, leading the way with 844 runs. 
with an average of 64 with a high score of 86 is Andrew Brooks of Condover in second place. Former Alberbury player Dave Whitehouse, 702 runs with a high score of 106, an average of 54, and a good strike rate for him, 72. In third place, Suffolk Fernando, 660 runs. What are you laughing at, Slats? Uh, just, with a the back of- handed comp that you just gave out <laughs> No, uh, he, he, he's a good lad. Uh, we we love uh, he knows I love him. Um, Supple Fernando with 660 runs with a high score of 91 and an average of 44. Mike Bellamore in fourth place with 613 runs, a high score of 202 with an average of 204. Not surprising. Um, in fifth place, Chris Henderson with uh, 605 runs with an average of 37. Finishing out the top five, Sadiq Bale with 591 of Harcourt. Matt Brackett's David Jones it, with 580. Joint with him in seventh from Harcourt, Andrew Sutton. And in ninth place, Stuart Henry of Fortin with 559. And in 10th place, Matty Harrington of Ellesmere. Hundreds in Division 7. We've got three for Mike Bellamore, two for Dale Evans, two for Kieran Evans, one for Dave Whitehouse. So a Welsh pool dominated top five apart from Bellamore, really. <laughs> Sadiq Ale of, of Harcourt with one, Matt David Jones with one. Let us know. Is it Matt or is it David? Why is David in brackets? Is it because you got too many David Joneses and you thought you'd mix it up? Or is it just because your name was originally Matt and everyone just calls you Davy Jones? Um, <laughs> just... You never know. I've got... I, there's someone at my work. He's called Danny. Uh, but uh, the owner of the company was also called Dan. So then they decided <laughs> oh. to call him Dave. After the oh. only foals and horses. Thanks. Uh, thanks so- for sharing. Thanks for sharing that. It's just, it, it, it's just attention seeking. That's all it is. I'll put some brackets in my name. Bit of attention seeking. <laughs> in seventh place, Stuart Henry. Sorry. Also with one, Stuart Henry, Michael Woodhouse, Faz Parker, Michael Francis, Yuvraj Gill, Ollie Dixon, Dax Hardman, Patrick Wilding, Billy West, and Ben Yates. Ward with the ball, leading the wicket takers again, dominated by Welsh ball. This Rupert wet wet Rupert it leading the way with 35 wickets. Rupert Redway with one five wicket haul, a best of six for 21, an average of 12.09. In second place, Dave Williams of Harcourt with 33 wickets, a best of four for 13, with an average of 15. In third place, William Gannon with 30 of Welsh Ball. Neil Price of Welsh Ball with 29. Ronald Asprey of Lord Brighton with 27. And also Jamie White. Uh, of Keyside with 27. Finishing out the top 10, we've got Steve Boney and Ganga Nitta of Lillishaw with 26 and 25. Matty Harrington and Matthew Harris finishing out the top 10, also with 25 of Ellesmere and of Keyside. It wouldn't be... I know we've done top 10, but I just want to sneak him in there. Friend of the podcast, someone who's been on a bit as well. Uh, Graham Hughes with 24 wickets from Condover. And I'm sure you'll be very happy to 
see him on their slats, your good friend. <laughs> in five wicket hauls, Ronald Asprey of All Brighton with two, Matty Harrington with two, Rupert Redway with one, the rest all with one as well, Steve Boney, Matthew Harris, Liam Cummings of Harcourt, Daniel Lewis Lakelin of Pontsbury, David Morris, Sean Southern of Kai Glass, Lucas Ridgeway of Condover, Sam Davis of Harcourt, Rob Lawrenson, David Cobham, Ashley Gillam, Matt Weddercop, Joe Cadwallader, Anthony Gray, Ollie Dixon, and David Garren. On the. Oh, yeah, hang on, hang on. Before we go there, all Hughes's wickets were caught on the boundary, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> on the topic of Matt Weddercop, we did get a uh, an email from him, um, and it's always nice to get emails that are, are, are pleasant uh, from our Cal Corner followers, and it's quite nice, so I thought I'd read you this one. He said, Evening, fellas. Enjoyed the podcast, and I'm sure everyone at Kai Glass appreciates talking about our covers being vandalised. He said, Big love to Fabdeck, who came down and fixed them for them. However, I am slightly concerned that the pod may carry a curse. Around your record date, and my name being mentioned, I suffered a back injury that means I'm unlikely to play again this season. Has there been any other cases of players being jinxed by the cow corner kiss of death? Does a mention of a fifer cause wonky hips? Does purchasing Ian Alderson's book create such tension around the scapula you can no longer get out of bed, let alone bowl? When you say at the end, go well to everyone, does it actually send a wave of tight hamstrings across the country? He said, loved the pod. Please quit your jobs. Do more of them. Take care. Much love, Matt. What a fantastic email that is, eh? Oh, thanks, Matt. Yeah. Um... He is a super bloke, super bloke. And of course, he's If quite you've right been mentioned on then... the Cow Corner podcast and you've received an injury or gone through a bad run of form... <laughs> We, Please let us know. Own, um, we've got our own Slater, of course, who's um, got five wickets and now he's broken an ankle. You I know, know it, it, but he doesn't talk about himself. Doesn't talk much. Never mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're we talking about the same Ian Slater. <laughs> Slats, he's gone quiet. Oh my god! <laughs> Quick, he's... everyone, get a word in. Yes. <laughs> Where's the defibrillator? Quick, come on. <laughs> uh, yes, love you all too. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, so, Matt Weddercop has now done me a favour because usually I have to mention the book, but he's already done it for me, this pod. So, you know. Well, you know, cricket season's over. People want to have a read over winter. Exactly you know, right. you know exactly everything that's right. going on in the world, they want, you know something to take them away from everything that's going on and the worst case scenario yeah exactly and worst case scenario (laughs) heating's gone up buy a few books throw it on the fire you know it's uh did you you just say it's a good book to read the power cut (laughs) oh i said by the pool Oh dear. Well, yeah, I'll pay you that five, Ronnie. I thought we'd get away without mentioning <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> Cow Corner Bingo, tick it up. <laughs> oh dear Lord. <laughs> anyway, Ian, once again, if you if you do want a copy of Ian's book, you can uh send us a message on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or uh, email us at cowcornerpodcast at gmail.com and we will pass your information on to Ian. And, How many have uh, you got left, Ian? Oh, sure. only a few. You know, He's we've been going to the last few now. It's uh, 
You know, they're, they're trying to be they're, getting they're quick, to, getting quick before they're all gone. Is, is, I, it just, is it just the one? Though, is it just the one barn full? Is that what you're? <laughs> <laughs> there used to be a nice forest outside of uh, Ian's farm. <laughs> But um, no, I, I have read it and it's, it is really good. And now I've done my own season of captaincy. I may reread it again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, fantastic. I highly recommend it. But anyway, sorry, I digress. Division 7, let's get this finished off, guys. <laughs> Who stands out for you in Division 7? Well, obviously, Matt, da- Matt Brackett's David Brackett Jones, doesn't he, obviously? <laughs> <laughs> um, from All Brighton. Uh Difficult to look past Welsh ball, isn't it? They dominated bat, bat and ball um, with mm. the figures. Um, but somebody I would like to mention who, who um, was very consistent last year when we were in Division 7, mm. and you've mentioned his name in the rundown there, James, is Steve Boney from Ellesmere. I don't know if he's still captain of the twos, but, um, you know, he's, he's just... Consistent, a lovely chap, you know, uh, he was struggling with numbers last year. I don't know what it's been like this year for him, but, you know, uh, always gets runs and wickets. And, you know, I think he's, uh, you know, he does a lot for that team. So I think mm. he's worth a mention. Yeah, I think I go for Supple Fernando of Lillishaw, 660 runs, an average of 44 with a high score of 91. He also finished up the season with uh, 21 wickets um, in 16. So a good, very good season for him. Uh, Slats, your shout? Uh, Brooksy. Brooksy, flying the flag. Um, you know, purple patch for him, 844 runs, I think, for Condover. Topping the uh, the run getters. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, good for him. I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased for him. I've played against him a few times over the years. Um, so... Yeah, again, Supple, yeah, fantastic. And also the fact he's played 21 games this season, Supple mm-hmm. Fernando. That's uh, that's a good effort in anybody's book this you know, this day and age. Ollie? Yes, sorry. Um, Steve Bone is Lillishaw captain. Oh, I don't know if he's Lillishaw. It's Lillishaw, I should have said, Lillishaw, not Elsmere. Yeah, yeah don't worry. Um, Steve Bone, he was captain of um, Lillishaw uh, last season. But, um, yeah. Ollie? Um, yeah, um... It's hard to look past the the run top you know top run scorer in in Brook in Andrew Brooks, um, mm. eight hundred and forty four runs in any divisions, a, a decent amount of runs, and mm. under under a lot of pressure because he's obviously got Hughesy in the bowling attack, so he's got to get some runs yeah. on the board. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, and- can't wait for a text. <laughs> So that brings an end to our season review and on to our final segment. So once again, thank you so much uh, to everyone who's listened in throughout the season and to uh, and if you've listened into this episode, which you obviously have because you've got to this point. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, Cow Corner Pod, Cow Corner Podcast. Uh, interact with the show, hashtag Cow Corner Extra. You can even DM us or send us an email to cowcornerpodcast at gmail.com. We may very well be starting up the Cow Corner Nets uh, towards the end of the year um, if I can get the insurance sorted and uh, get Shrewsbury School 
on board and yeah if you do want to help sponsor the podcast and the nets we'd be more than happy to get, get in contact with us obviously we aren't looking for any profit we are just like we just do it for the fact that we give it back to whatever we take we give back to the uh, Shropshire cricketing community anyway um as always guys so any main takeaways from tonight anything else that you'd like to add um, yeah, I'd just like to say thank you to you guys for, for the, doing the podcast. Um, but also thank you to all the people at every cricket club in Shropshire who have helped to get the game on this year, right from yeah. right from the groundsmen, um, tea ladies, umpires, scorers, um, wives, girlfriends, partners, you know, everyone who's enabled us to play cricket and talk about it really it's with, without those people in the backgrounds the game of cricket wouldn't exist yeah i think i think that is i think i don't think we can top that so i think we'll leave it on that one oh no go on then slats just one of the points really <laughs> one of the point really because always covered everybody in the county and beyond to be honest with you but um thank you to the listeners because mm. and do get in touch you know um if you Want, want to have a say about your club and you want us to talk about your club get involved give us a shout because uh, we you know we don't we don't get any listeners we don't really do a podcast and we love this so keep listening <laughs> yeah. ian any words no i just like everybody to have a good safe winter and roll on april come on Bring on April and yeah, Bring if you on are April. interested in indoor season, get involved and get in contact with Josh Elliott, Joey App, myself, Ian Slater, the podcast, and we can hook you up with the team or if your team's interested, we can see if we could get you involved. Anyway, until next time, goodbye. Cheerio. Bye guys. Cheerio, fellas. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 